Welcome to the Young Money Diet Podcast. Hey, uh, so you have Wasif here, and today I'm going to start off with yet another hot take because Thanksgiving just kind of went and strolled by, and I, I want to say Turkey's not the play. Like, Turkey's just a bland chicken <laughs> that requires a lot of freaking seasoning, and you sit there for like six hours unless you have a convection oven, try to feed everybody. I think there's a better way to do it. So next year, we're going to do beef Wellington. So I think that mm-hmm. is... The Friendsgiving slash family Thanksgiving play. And with that, we can kind of kick into our episode today. What we would like to discuss today is the Kijiji slash Craigslist slash Facebook marketplace slash you're hustling your cousin, extended family, whoever you need to hustle to make some money. So Raj, why don't you share some stories? Okay, so this is a topic that I could probably talk about for about three hours. No. So I don't know how we're going to condense this into 20 minutes, but I love Kijiji. It's my favorite application, and I think everybody should be on it. If you have the privilege to live in a big city, there is absolutely no excuse. Almost everything you can see in this set is from Kijiji. It's the best dopamine hit, too. You just feel good as soon as you find a deal. You're like, yeah, I feel like a million dollars. So kitchen table from Kijiji, the bar from Kijiji, my furniture upstairs, um, my couch, of course not my mattress, disclaimer. Um, yeah, that's don't not buy the play. That mattress is not the play on Kijiji. But with dopamine, so I am addicted to getting a deal. And 100%. There's sometimes that I'll go look at a vehicle that I really like, like you and I looked at that Corolla, yeah. and I honestly think it was a really good deal and a really good vehicle. But I wouldn't let it go for an extra $500. Just because it was a good deal, not a great deal. Exactly. That's There's a difference. Like, it's the thrill of the chase. And so I I love it. I just love having the opportunity to go out and wheel and deal and negotiate. And honestly, people get rid of quality stuff. So this table, for example, I paid $500. Yeah. Um, and the people that sold this table to me lived in Leduc. And they lived there for two years and they were just moving. And they bought it brand new for from, I think, Wayfair for $1,500. They showed me the receipt. Amazing. I think, honestly, like, the the best way to find deals on Kijiji, you always... I don't want to say we you got to be a vulture, but you have to take advantage of a situation. So if there's someone who's moving, if there's a hopefully an amicable divorce going on or whatever it might be, you go in, you show up with the right amount of cash, you're in the game. And yeah. then whatever you need to get out of there, you just... You get and... Now you're the winner and someone else is the loser, unfortunately. But That's the name of the game. It's like the stock market. Somebody wins, somebody loses. It's a zero-sum game. There's nothing you can do about it. Um, do you have any... So you have done a lot of cars. I do know that. And I've been a part of a lot of transactions of cars with you. And you've done some alone. You've done some with our mutual friend as mm-hmm. well. So is there any tips and tricks you can share with respect to specific, specifically cars? So I don't want to give away all my secrets. But yes, so you mentioned um, something about situational factors. So definitely you need to be in any sort of negotiation. The person who wins is the person that has time and patience. Right. Um, Patience is the key word, I think. Essentially in financial terms, whoever's in the long side of things. So there's the long Mm -hmm. side and the short side. If you're on the long, if you're buying, you win the negotiation or you should at least have a leg up. So if I'm looking for a vehicle and I'm not... You know, I don't need a vehicle tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I can be patient and wait for those deals. But if you're on the other side and you're selling a vehicle and somebody shows up with cash in hand, you're on the losing side of that game because you want that money. You can smell it. You can feel it. Um, so buying vehicles specifically. So my specialty is kind of five to $10,000 range. Yeah, 100%. Um, yep. 
I've been driving POSs of cars <laughs> for my whole life. It has um, gotten you this far, so. Exactly. And I know what to find in a specific deal or what's a good deal and what's not a good deal and what are some red flags. So red flags, you never want to buy a car that isn't active status, no matter what. I don't care. Rebuild, salvage, you see these titles, run away. Like run quickly, run far. Exactly. That's the only way to do it. Um, hail damage, same thing. I just, I'm picky. I uh, I'm, I give a, depending on the rust, sometimes you can get a little pass if it's in the trunk or, or something that's not important. But if it's in the wheel well, um, anywhere that's structurally important in the car, also run. Rust is not the play either. Um, <clears throat> I always try to figure out somebody's story and if you catch them in a lie yeah. walk away 100 because if they lie about some minutiae let's say they post an ad i've seen this all the time somebody posts an ad about hey i'm selling my car because i'm moving for school right um and then they posted two weeks ago they wrote that and then you show up and you talk to them build conversation and try to get to know their story because mm -hmm. people will fall apart i've noticed if they're coming up with a lie and they've wrote on their ad Oh, I'm moving for school. But then you ask them, oh, why are you selling this? And then oh, they're like, oh, we're buying a new car. Exactly. Okay, well, that's that two, to, two plus two doesn't add up, right? So you've got to find the people that are honest. And those people that will lie and make up stories, like I said, it doesn't matter how good of the deal is. You have time on your side. Yeah. Walk away. 100%. Um, because if they're lying about some minutiae detail about their life, about why they're selling, for example, they're going to be lying about other issues with the vehicles. 100%. And I, the, one of the quick tactics that I always look for when I'm looking for cars is um, a dead giveaway of the car seat. If I see mm. someone's photo have a car seat in the back seat, that makes me feel like, okay, if you're comfortable enough to put your kids in the back seat, mm. then you, you're probably comfortable enough or okay with the condition of the car that you think it's safe yeah. to be on the road. So I would say that's a very, very good sign. The other one I always look for is a second set of tires, specifically mm. winter. So if someone has the ability to buy winter tires, typically they have enough money to maintain their car over time, over the, the life of the car. Because mm -hmm. what I have learned is, yes, brands are important. Like, you know, there are certain connotations with Japanese cars over domestic, but any car kept in or well-maintained is better than a car that was kind of beat up or wasn't taken care of over the time. So what do you want to look for is, yeah, like definitely some kind of maintenance records if they can find it, yeah, but there's dead, gi dead giveaways. Like you can look for, like I said, tires is one of them. Car seat is something that I like looking at. Um, yeah, and also go through like just simple things like, you know, two set of keys. That's common if they have purchased it from a reputable dealership or, yeah. you know, a different private seller. As long as you're keeping those things in mind, come up with a checklist ahead of time. Another one is also you check all four tires, make sure they're of the same make. Yes. If you ever see that one car has one tire that's different than the other three, to me, that's a walk away situation. Because that tells you you're so cash strapped that you literally change the one tire, which is pretty much a no, no. You can do the back two different than the front two, which is still kind of shady. But those are those are the tips and tricks that I've learned over time that really quickly helps me narrow down if it's even worth looking at. Yep. And um, in terms of buying strategies, and something you taught me is um, it's always good to go with somebody, not only just for the second pair of eyes, but kind of, this might be not a good word to use, but intimidation 100%. for the seller yeah. because you go with two people and two set of eyes and even if you don't know what you're doing look underneath the car check for leaks pop the hood move things around grab a flashlight pretend you know what you're doing because if you do find a couple issues it's 
it makes it more confident when you knock down the price. Say, hey, you know, I, I made it seem like I know what I'm doing. And they think, like, that's what they're thinking. Oh, this guy or girl knows what they're doing. They're, they've checked this, this, this. And then when you mention, oh, like, I notice the tire tread is only this, or I notice this or this, it's so much easier to get the price down. 100%. Um, I want to flip the conversation from a selling perspective now. Okay. So again, I'll, I'll give you a trick that has paid off mightily for me multiple times. And when we, specifically when you're selling cars, but it doesn't matter, you can sell anything. What I like to do is if you have multiple buyers or potential buyers that are interested, I would schedule them on, let's say a 15 minute block, mm-hmm. give five to 10 minutes, schedule another one on the 15 minute block and try to line up as many as I can. The added benefit to that is let's say if you have the first person or party that's interested in your car or item. So if they're kind of indecisive, there is someone else on their heels. So they see yeah. somebody else physically interested in the car. They want to come and look at the car mm-hmm. and people sort of, make i don't want to say poor decisions but they make decisions emotionally charged decisions oh, 100%. whenever there is like a like something's at stake so if somebody wants to look at your car you really have to decide if there's something you're interested in or not yeah so a few people are willing to walk away but if you're on the fence chances are you're going to get an offer if you schedule your appointments timely yeah um that's something uh also we have done quite a bit of furniture as well i've, I've purchased a couch recently that you helped me move. Um, you've done quite a bit of furniture, like you've just mentioned. So on the furniture side of things, I'm gonna kick it to you because I think you have more experience. But one of the things I do wanna mention is transportation is the name of the game. Yes. If you own a truck or any ability to move the furniture or like a heavier item, furniture is just kind of a metaphor, then you you are the king in that negotiation deal. You can make whatever terms that you want to mm. and it's gonna happen because most of the people simply do not have access to a truck or, or ability to move and therefore they're not even competing in the same space that you are. So I, I want to say, you know, find a friend with a truck. That's the best truck to have is the one that's on your friend's driveway because <laughs> they're paying for insurance, they're paying yeah, for all the yeah. depreciation and uh, uh, a jerk like me is just taking advantage essentially. But um, I think, I don't know if you have any other tips you have for uh, furniture specifically. So I've thought about this. I've furnished almost my entire house with used. Um, not only because I'm cheap, but yes, I'm cheap. <laughs> it's honestly st- sustainability. And if you're not living in a home that you're going to be in for 30 years and something doesn't exactly match, it doesn't matter. Save your money. Buy something that's brand new to you, but somebody else wants to keep up yeah, with the Yeah, buy something Joneses. in good conditions, like this table or whatever the bar. Exactly. I've bought my bar stools. I've bought my several iterations of my couches. Definitely. Um, some of the other things I mentioned. But you mentioned the truck, so I've actually thought about this because... Um, I've always been privileged to have usually at my disposal, somebody that's got a truck. So, um, you know, Cam, we've used his dad before. Uh Anytime there's a good deal and you're in a pinch, it's okay. I need to go pick this up. Yep. Um, Cam eventually had a truck and then eventually I bought myself a truck and by no means is it fancy. I mean, you know it, but I've thought about this. If you're in a new city, you're a student, honestly, get together with four or five of your friends and do a Kijiji roadshow. You find, okay, I want this, 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 this. You schedule a weekend, you go and you buy all this stuff. Let's say you just moved in and you wanna buy a bed set or you wanna buy a couch or you want, try to line it up for a weekend if you can. Uh, This is a little bit more challenging for looking for deals, but if you get you, myself, Brendan, whomever together and you line up three, four items, 
go to U-Haul, rent yeah, a truck. It, it's relatively it's twenty dollars, especially if you're a like if you're older than twenty five, you're you're fine. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, even if you're younger, ask your parents. Like, there are ways to do it. And honestly, if you think, oh, that's a lot of effort and work and money, really, if you're buying a thousand dollar piece of furniture for $400, it's worth $100 for the truck. And it's not even going to cost you $100. Bucks. It's going to cost you, I think you hauled us $20, $25 plus the gas. Right. Uh, and if you're younger, you might have to pay additional insurance, but ask, ask your friend's parents. Um, I mean, it's easy for me to say that because I've got a truck. Uh, going on the sell side, the truck is a huge advantage because when I've wanted to upgrade my couches or sell something, and I say, hey, I my, include, my barbecue. You can include delivery, and again, I'm telling you, it's not even the buyer and the seller. If you have the transportation, you are the driving factor in that negotiation 10 out of 10 times. Exactly. It's, uh, it's pretty clear. Um, just to, I guess, uh, change the topic up a little bit, we can talk kind of about the flip. Like I know there is in the used market, there are opportunities for you to be able to kind of hustle and make a little bit of money. Now it's not like, you know, like a garage sale, like you find this $1 baseball card that's gonna turn into like $2,500 later. Those are very rare, but I do wanna recognize some categories that I've had success with. In terms of the flip, I believe, so I'll tell you which ones are bad. Cars I think are a lot of work and are not great. Because number one, depending on the car that you get, not all, everyone's interested. Plus, there's a lot of regulations in and around the car. So you yep. have to insure, you have to register and go through. And if you don't do those things, again, you look pretty sketchy. So yes. you won't have enough sellers that are interested. Cell phones are bad. Cell phones are very, very um, competitive. There's a lot of them around. Uh, it's a very well-known item. Everybody uses it. It's not, in my experience, it hasn't been very good in terms of even if you make money, it's a lot of work and you don't make enough money. Uh, I think tablets are not bad, which would be an iPad or if you have kind of a Chromebook, something like that. But mm -hmm. the best ones I have found in my time is uh, is laptops, like just really kind of high end, good laptops, like a Surface Book, MacBook Pro, whatever you have. And then there was a point of time in 2017 when I was in my last co-op term where I made more money just flipping in a month than that's, actually working. That's which, awesome. Man. Which I don't even know what like the what's the punchline. Is it because I wasn't making money at work, which I probably should have found a better job, or I was doing really, really good on the other hustle. But basically I think I bought like maybe not even a lot. Like it was like seven or eight items. Mm -hmm. And then each of them were about like four to five hundred dollars in average in terms mm -hmm. of profit. So I'd buy something for a thousand, I'd sell it for fifteen hundred and Again, that's that's a very like niche market I can get into and speak for ninety minutes straight. Yeah. I'm not even gonna get into that. But if if someone is interested in flipping, we have um, an acquaintance. Like he's not a close friend of mine, but he's done. We may have them. We may have him on the show. He's done sneakers, like Yeezys specifically. Oh, yes. Um, I've had someone like I said. I've done laptops myself. People have done sports card, baseball, hockey. Those are huge items. Like if if you if you have those that you can ship, then eBay opens up a whole demographics that's not geographically mm. restricted to you. Um, yeah, and I'll I'll share another. Then this really makes me sound like a dirtbag, but you know the whole point of this is being honest. So sure, I'll yeah. give you one of those too. So basically, once I was uh, I was very close to closing a deal with somebody, so I was looking to purchase their item, yeah. and I think I'm gonna make up the numbers. But let's say it was asking was thousand. I wanted to pay 800. So yeah. I offered the person 850. We have a deal and then I realized, you know what? I really really want to pay 800 for this. So to control the market and there is really in finance term, there's no good way to say this. I was literally 
doing market manipulation. So I put in multiple ads of a very similar item with different photos that I found on Google, listing for like 800 bucks or 820. <laughs> nice. So as soon as I went and showed her like, look, you know, I, I know we had a deal, but there's someone who's asking for 800 for a similar item. Mm -hmm. The person was like, okay, whatever. So I'll sell it to you for 800. So I just, it, it's, it's kind of, like I said, it's kind of in the gray, but you, you don't do it often. But if there is an opportunity where you think it's a fit, fair thing to do because your uh, your offer would be fair anyways i don't discourage people from trying it i think it's a strategy and um sure like you call it market manipulation but really that individual had the opportunity to just say no 100%. but people are irrational and i think out of all of the discussions like i know people that i've i've bought immaculate stuff from and i asked them why are you selling this? <laughs> and honestly, What's their, answer? their answer is, oh, I upgraded or I wanted this or they're kind of keeping up with the Joneses, which is I think we live in such a materialistic society now. That's another and topic too. I, get into. It's a whole can of worms yeah. and people don't want to live below their means. They want the fancier cars. They want the new you know, iPhone or new whatever. Exactly. Right? Yeah, and yeah. they get rid of such beautiful brand new stuff. And at the end of this podcast, we'll show a couple of pictures with, Maybe the price tags of some of the oh, stuff. Yeah, we yeah, bought. some of the items we have purchased, hundred percent. Just yeah. to maybe give some inspiration, like if you have the time and some of the patience, and maybe some of the negotiation strategies, you can get some amazing stuff. Absolutely. Um, there's a couple of things I also want to share. So number one, um, this is uh, you you do want to take advantage of as many outlets as possible. So Kijiji is something we're familiar with. Mm -hmm. I use Facebook Marketplace for any listeners we may have on the state side, they have Craigslist, mm -hmm. they have their own options there as well. Uh, that is, you definitely want to list in as many places as possible. So that's number one. Number two, I've also had relatively good luck with trade. So the problem mm -hmm. with trade is it's really, you're not going to find an ad that has like, oh, I want to trade this for that. Right. Very rarely, like you, if you, if I wanted a kettle and I've had a Google Chromecast or something of value that I don't necessarily need, you always propose this trade out of nowhere. So you, the person wants a hundred dollars for it. You go in and say, look, I, I have this to offer. How do you feel about a trade? Mm -hmm. Almost every time that I've traded, I not only increase the value, it does, it does require a little bit more work. Mm -hmm. But once I started with literally, I picked up a free item and I traded up to about 150 bucks. So I didn't trade like a bobby pin for a house, right, right. but I did that over a weekend over like three trades. So it, if you have some time, because a lot of people during COVID have some downtime to deal with this. And I understand there is a stigma around buying used items, specifically during COVID. Yeah. Because, you know, you have, you have like the whole cleanliness procedure. That has been interesting. Yeah, yeah it's, it's been interesting. But I do think, you know, there's definitely easier ways to, like, you can circumvent that. Like, you, mm -hmm. it's no different than if you have Lysol wipes to wipe down your kitchen counter, then you can wipe down whatever you purchase, right? Like, I don't think there is an extra level of stigma that's required to go and uh, purchase a new item. But trading, I believe, is a good way to sometimes get what you want, specifically if you have a whole bunch of, you know, like post-Christmas presents and stuff that you don't really know what to do with. Don't tell your parents. <laughs> no, 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 definitely don't tell your parents, don't tell your friends, but you're sitting there going, okay, well, I don't need another kitchen mixer. So <clears throat> right. what am I gonna do? So what do I need? Maybe I need a, you know, a stovetop convection oven. Yeah. So you go and find the person who doesn't need that, who may need a mixer but they haven't even thought about a mixer. So you propose that, and at least five out of 10 times, there is some moderate level of interest that I find. Um, yeah. Tools is another really good one too. Oh, um, for sure. 
you buy like your basic tools, I guess, you know, Canadian Tire, Black Friday, whatever it might be, but anything specialized. So I bought a multimeter the other day. Um, I looked at it on, I believe Canadian Tire had it on sale for like 70 bucks, same with Home Depot. I bought two for $10. I, I literally went and bought one. She's like, you can have a second item. I didn't mm. even need it. So I just gave it to Cam. Like I was like, okay, like I guess I'll hook somebody else up. Yeah. But it, the amount of time that has happened once, uh, all three of us were looking at a, I believe it was a dining table for Cameron, mm-hmm. and then they threw in a sofa just cause. Yeah. Like they were just like, oh, do you want the sofa? And we look at it, it's like it's in pretty good condition. Yeah. And it wasn't like it go. was like a, basically a free item just because we came and looked for the dining table. So, so I think two, that's interesting. Two closing remarks. Um, one you mentioned with the trading. So I. I want to reiterate that cash is king. Um, when I bought my bar stools, um, I noticed this bar, I don't really know what it's called, um, this bar and I thought, oh, I have this crevasse area and it would be perfect here. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I always bring extra cash with me, absolutely. I'm like, hey, I'm already buying your stools for this X amount and they're happy because they're getting a deal. Yep. Is this for sale? And all you have to do is ask and they said, actually, yeah, like, um, yeah, we could use to upgrade it. They probably weren't even selling <laughs> they it. They weren't even thinking about it. Um, and this is like, this is heavy. This is solid, hard, this is hard the, wood. Both of and, these are like really good quality. And my last closing remark for the listeners is safety is paramount. So you mentioned COVID. Um, respect yourselves and respect your the other folks that you're approaching. Um, but also anytime you're selling or buying make sure you do it in a safe environment make sure you always have somebody with you i love that um selling or buying um if somebody especially if someone's coming to your home make sure you've got if you've got someone that knows what your whereabouts or at least is with you um because that's how you can avoid scams or any criminals or just make sure that you're always Get a partner in crime. Like you and me go and buy all this stuff all with Gigi. 100%. Um, and it's such an important point. I, I, I'm I, glad you brought it up because there have been times when I've felt sketchy. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you have a gut feeling. You're like, this is yeah. not the right thing to do. And I've walk, walked away yeah. from seemingly good deals because I didn't feel good. So I'm glad that you brought it up. But, you know, that's, uh, that's kind of our show today. That's all the time we had allocated. So thank you for tuning in, everybody. And uh, we hope to have you next week. Remember Cheers. to stay hungry and stay humble. Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Young Money Dad podcast where we discuss all our purchases from Kijiji and different classified channels. Uh, Raj, Brendan and I have created an extra bonus video where we go over the specific items that we have purchased over our few years on the platform and we go over the exact pricing, the kind of backstory behind it and some of the ideas in terms of what you can expect if you're going out and hunting for yourself. Raj mostly goes over furniture and household items. I take a look at mostly tech products and then Brendan basically covers everything in between. So we hope to see you there. Please check it out on YouTube and remember to stay hungry and stay humble.